0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast called She Speaks It All. Was that good? I hear about 30 of you going, no, it wasn't good. So I have been struggling to figure out what to cover on the weekly roundups now that Succession and Yellow Jackets and Barry, even though, God, that was such a bad last season, but they're all done. And as much as it's fun to do true crime stuff, what if something doesn't come up? So I was like, what the... I need a show. I need a whole season. And along came Love Island UK. I have been meaning to watch a full season start to finish of Love Island for forever. But I always seem to be in the middle of too many other things and just don't make time for it and the season's too far gone. But this time, I'm in. I've heard the UK Love Island is everything. I should check out the U.S. one. I've just heard that it's nothing compared to the U.K. one, but might as well. Might as well check it out. Also, also, Stars on Mars. Look, I did not want to support Schwartz in anything he did, but I was so conflicted because I want to support Portia, and the concept of the show seems so funny that I had to check it out, and sure enough, it was true it it's produced so well they've spent so much money on this thing like i don't even know what the budget was and it looks fantastic and it's hysterical the cast they've got lined up it is entertaining through and through so i got to i got to do it Kendrick said this when we recorded either his podcast or mine. He said, the only thing I'm worried about here is that the show is so good and he does get to be kind of his likable self that I am worried it could just once again, let him Schwartz his way out of being held accountable like he deserves to be, you know, so that's the, that is the downfall, but. But I'm also here, here's another thing I'm so tripped out about. With Bravo shows, which is what I cover on my podcast, She Speaks Bravo, you don't get anything that they've actually filmed for like a year. So it's a trip to watch Schwartz say that he's tired of Scandal and he just wanted to escape it. And I'm like, that was two months ago. Or something. Like How are these people, the turnaround time, Bravo needs to figure their shit out with the turnaround times. It is too freaking long, you know? That's got to be mentally taxing on the cast too, because like you move on with your life and then it's all just resurfaced again for the sake of the show. If you hear my cats meowing in the background, they are so freaked out from the move. And finally today, they're going with like extra cuddly mommy protectus vibes because up until today they were like hiding in closets and I was just feeling so guilty so I will not be shooing their meows away they shall they shall meow directly into the mic if they want because oh I the guilt the guilt I felt when they were so freaked out during this move but the move by the way went Very smooth, and I'm pretty much as settled in as I can be until I get some new furniture that I needed to buy to like make the space work. But I'm so happy it's over. I'm so happy with the place. It is a little louder than my last dwelling, but you know, whatever. It's the city, I'm living in the city again, sort of. Okay. Enough rambling on about what we're going to be getting into. Let's start with Stars on Mars. FYI, I just realized I didn't say this yet. I don't want to cover Drag Race All-Stars anymore because I don't want to just drag them. You know, I don't, that's just shitty of me. The dra- drag queens are insanely talented. The things that they can do, I'll never be able to understand. And I'm just being a bitch at this point watching the show because I'm expecting more from all stars. But it's not the queen's fault that that's how they cast this show. So I'm going to stop covering for now. If you guys are like, no, I loved your drag race takes, shoot me a DM over on She Speaks It All pod on IG. And let me know, like, no, we want you to keep covering it. Because if I don't hear from anyone, like, I I wanted someone to let me know if they wanted me to keep covering the other two. Nobody DM'd. So I was like, okay, I'm safe to assume that no one cares about that show anymore. So I'll stop covering it. Uh, But Drag Race, I wanted so bad to cover it. It's just, it's just not doing it. And I don't want to just spend this time dragging talented people. They set those standards too damn high with doing an all winter season, you know? Anyway, Stars on Mars. So we start with William Shatner doing this amazing intro. He's so committed. He's giving Shatner realness. And I'm in. The theatrics of it, the camp of it, the dedication, the commitment to the whole thing. Like, yes, give it to me. First to arrive is... I'm going to say immediately when I see him, I call him McLovin, and I'm sure he's sick of it, and sure enough, he says he's sick of it, but I mean, you couldn't have paid me money to tell you what his real name was, so when they put up his name, Christopher Mintz-Plass, I was like, oh, I don't even recognize that name, so this is kind of good that he got a chance to be like, I'm not McLovin, even though it doesn't really (laughs) end up working out like that but still the ship ai voice comes in and does like the whole i don't what do you call what do we call that the mission control no that's not it but the ai is giving him instructions like enter the decontamination zone and then they just get sprayed <laughs> with like 17 blow dryers basically the ship is stunning they've got a gym they have to maintain this biodome. They've got a fully equipped kitchen. And the AI voice keeps pointing stuff out. And then Chris, go- Chris goes to pour himself a drink. And he goes, if this isn't drinkable, tell me now. And he takes a sip. And then the AI voice goes, it's poison. <laughs> he spits it out. And then the voice goes, it's not poison. <laughs> so, the sh- so the ship voice is also going to be like a little comedian as well i would love to know who's voicing it in real time because someone is there literally watching on monitors voicing it (laughs) okay so the next person in is ronda who is a fighter and i'm i'm cracking up because these guys obviously have no idea who said yes to this project right And so I'm sure they know it's absolutely ridiculous, but I like when they guess these big name people as they're coming in. So Chris is like, oh, who's this? Tilda Swinton? Timothy Chamberlays? As if they would be saying yes, as if Tilda Swinton was about to walk in, you know? And then next up is Schwartz. And they can see them through, like, the, the window thing as they stand in, like, the decontamination before they go in. And she goes, I hope it's Matt Damon. <laughs> but Schwartz is introduced, of course, This matters, star of Vanderpump Rules and most known for Scandaval. So Schwartz essentially got this because of Scandaval, if you think about it, you know? I mean, at least that's my theory, since they put this shit together. How did they do this so fucking fast? They got it together, cast it, shot it, and edited and released it in months. Just, what, two months? That is... uh, Bravo needs to step their shit up. Step that pussy up, Bravo. Step it the fuck up. I liked, though, Schwartz Explains Vanderpump Rules... As a derivative of the housewives. Everyone gets drunk and has sex with each other. And Chris looks like a little freaked out. He goes, geez, we're not doing that here, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> then we get more astronauts arriving. So we get to Lula Willis, daughter of Bruce and Demi, Adam Rippon, who is a figure skater, and Portia just coming in with the one-liners already. She's like, I think I could survive in space, okay? Try me, alien. She knows she's got her nails. Tanache and Ariel Winter from Modern Family. And I'm obsessed with her red hair. Looks really great on her. She looks stunning. But she's so lovable. And says that she was actually scared to do this show because she's not comfortable just playing herself. And people's comments can be really harsh. And I'm like, girl, you were a child during your, your celebrity so far. And the sad thing is people still write nasty comments to her. Like she played a kid. Like some people, man, they'll just say anything to anybody because they're miserable. Next up, though, coming in, pulling up on this truck is Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman. Weird little factoid about me. I was a huge Seahawks fan during both of these. This is like, they were like our guys. My ex was from Seattle. He loved the Seahawks, even when the Seahawks weren't a good team. So I got into the Seahawks just because if I didn't, if you can't beat them, join them. So I can talk sports, by the way. I'm pretty good at talking to the football if I have to. You know, if I have to. I don't like it, but you know. But I will say that I did not even... Sort of understand what they would be doing there. Like, what would, why would they want to do this? But the two of them together are TV gold. And some producer, casting director was like, trust me, we want them on this show. They are comedy. Because them together, they can, like, Marshawn Lynch by himself, he clearly needs Sherman. Sherman is almost like his, not translator, but. You need both. You just do. And they get into the they get into the ship and Marshawn looks at the sleeping arrangements and he goes, This is for sure like jail. <laughs> 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 and he you, he's like, this is just like when I went when it because <laughs> they're in bunk beds. <laughs> So so fucking funny, it's just like you they just they they don't really make sense, but they do make sense. The cast is so crazy then um we see Lance Armstrong in the holding area and uh area <laughs> and chris Mclevin they think he's Neil Armstrong, and they're like, "Whoa, we have an actual astronaut here, and even I'm like. What are they talking about? Did I miss something? Did like Lance Armstrong go to space? Because, you know, rich people be doing the space travel stuff. But it turns out that he's not Neil Armstrong. He's just Lance Armstrong, the cyclist. Schwartz is starstruck by McLovin. And his talking head is, I won't refer to him as his character name because he's probably heard that for 16 years. And then they smash cut to Marshawn going, hey, McLovin. And then in his talking, Eddie's like, I grew up with him being McLovin. He's going to stay McLovin. (laughs) And you just don't argue with Marshawn Lynch. William Shatner calls in, like video calls in. And so now we get what's going to happen. So the thing, there are not enough rations for everyone. So those who are not critical to the Mars mission will be extracted. It'll be every 48 hours, some sort of voting thing is going to happen. And we're like, I'm like, okay, I get what the game is now. I don't, I may have missed what the prize is. I may have missed what the end, like, what do they get to win? Uh, But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because this is just hysterical that they're all willing to do this. Right away, they're told they have to pick a base commander and Air, someone someone selects Ariel. Like, you do it. She's like, no, you guys, no. And Richard Sherman starts hyping her up. He's like, you've got it, champ. You never think about failing. You only think about succeeding. And then I'm, I'm in. I'm like, okay, fully understand why they're vital to this cast. I hope they are not voted off anytime soon because I want them there. I want them to win. I love what this is i love having this like pro football commentary added to this teamwork this weird this very strange thing that's clearly a it's all a joke none of it's real (laughs) so when the ai person comes in so aka like someone who's on the cast working in, in the production command video village whatever thing they, She says that the base commander will actually have their own sleeping quarters. And Richard's like, mm, Marshawn, you want to be base commander? And Marshawn takes it just so that he can have his own sleeping quarters. So obviously there is there the producers are watching and they're going to use this like AI commander to so, sort of guide them where they need to go. I'm obsessed. I'm absolutely obsessed. There's the, OK, so they get a mission. 12th the 12th crew member is trapped in a pod with limited oxygen and they have to go rescue them and then like it comes they're all kind of talking like okay so what do we do and then the ai voice comes in again and it's like oxygen levels are critical in the pod so you need to go immediately and then richard sherman gets all it he's like get dressed now everybody get dressed right now like he's not joking <laughs> And then Lance Armstrong and Rhonda are the ones who, dro- like this is real. They made the this entire Australian desert. They have turned into like Mars. It so they're really on these this little <laughs> this little like machine. What is the scooter? I don't even know what you would call it. And driving it, Lance Armstrong looks so funny with like the big old head and his little hands <laughs> riding it. This is I was cracking up the comedy on this is so, like the visuals and then lance is like really trying to get in with marshawn lynch he like calls and he's like marshawn and marshawn's like yeah he goes, i just want to make sure you're behaving lance will lance will like really latch on to marshawn but marshawn's gonna give him so much hell i am obsessed with it so they get, they get over to the pod thing and they pull out the next, the next person. Richard is so over the top. He's like, she's still alive. She's alive. <laughs> he, is, he is theater. But it's Natasha Leggero. Fun fact, I dated very tumultuously this guy who lived with her brother. Her brother, Nick. Very funny guy as well, isn't that weird? I remember when she was just getting big because this was like forever ago. But Ariel goes, she's a comedian, and Marshawn goes, a Petey? <laughs> Ariel goes, what did you think I said, pedian? And he just shrugs his shoulders like, oh. Mm. <laughs> She, the AI person tells Marshawn that he is in charge of the food and like bio, basically the whole thing. And so he goes this like, he gets this really funny, and I don't know if he's reading off something, like how is he even (laughs) figuring this stuff out? But he tells Tallulah and Portia they need to count and categorize the food. Excuse me. There's going to be no resupply, so they have to make sure they stay on top of it. They also have to maintain the biodome with all the, all the plants and stuff in there. And then he, he goes, all right, so Richard, and I don't care who else, but he's like, you go, you go count the plants too. It's just his, him giving these instructions, I swear there's just, he's just reading off the page because there's no way he's coming up with these solutions himself. They also have to stay in shape, so they have to work out in the gym provided, Marshawn's favorite part though is when he when he gets to walk into his own room where he gets to sleep he and he just immediately passes out so Ariel and am I saying that right Ariel Ariel and Adam I didn't even think about this but Adam is like your token gay bestie. And Ariel is equally adorable, just like in that category. And they have a cute moment where they bond over how much they love folding. And they just get so excited. Ariel goes, I love this for us. I'm now obsessed with them. Now I want them to stay for a while and just stay being cute gays and gals. Love, love, love. Okay, so Marshawn and Lance are doing like a little bike ride workout thing in the gym. Marshawn goes, so you really call yourself an athlete? Cycling is an athletic thing? <laughs> but he says, so when Lance describes what makes him athletic is that it's an endurance sport. And so what they're doing now in this whole Stars on Mars thing requires endurance. And Lance tells him that the races are three weeks, which makes Marshawn be like, oh, damn. Okay, wow, three weeks. Okay, okay. And so Lance is like, I got this. So he tries to school Marshawn over the average time of a football play. And honestly, Marshawn already knew that. Like he fills it in before Lance even says it. He's like, what's the average time? And Marshawn goes, seven seconds. He's like, seven seconds. Yep, seven seconds. He goes, so who's who's the athlete now? And Marshawn goes, man, still, you call this athletic? How hard is this? And he's just pedaling his feet on the bike. Marshawn is like no dude not giving it to you you're still I'm an athlete <laughs> you're a cyclist oh my god Lance is kind of bugging me like as as the show goes on I'm like oh he is like a prick so I'm all for them dragging him remember how we fucked over Cheryl Crow Google it because he's not good he's not a good guy They do like a wrap-up-the-end-of-the-day kind of meeting where Marshawn goes around like, I'm proud of y'all. You guys are great. And then Tinashe goes, thank you, IYD. And Natasha's like, what's that? And he goes, I'm your daddy. And Natasha says something so perfect because she's like, I've been cast on this show. She goes, how am I supposed to be the comedian when you're around? Valuable question. She's like, what value am I bringing? You do not need a funny person. This guy is hysterical. So they do a little, like, get-to-know-you stuff. And then I'm like, ooh, we're going to get some emotional depth here? Didn't even see this coming. But Rhonda asks Tallulah if she has any advice for her and her daughter. Because Tallulah knows what it's like to have these, like, famous parents. And Rhonda's worried that her daughter will go through the same thing. And Tallulah's like, in the beginning, you know, I grew up in Idaho. And so, you know, I had really... Famous parents, but didn't really know what that meant. You know, it was just like what they did for work. Um, but during the Demi Ashton days, when that whole thing was just exploding, she says she went through some stuff, but now I'm on the other side because you know what? I really love myself now. And I it, I completely forgot that that was like a a moment for Tallulah. I remember there being um, like articles written about her not doing well. So I love this. I was like, yes, okay, let's humanize. The, let's, that. I'm sure she really appreciates having this opportunity. Natasha and Portia both have kids the same age, so they're getting along. They, I mean, love these two as friends. Like, I love Natasha Legaro and I love Portia, and them together, yes. And Natasha's like, is that your ring? D-? It is crazy that that is her ring. That is not, <laughs> it's just like a, full rock it's it's a mountain is what it is Lance talks to Marshawn and this goes back to how I'm like Lance is just trying to get in with Marshawn but Marshawn doesn't want you Marshawn thinks you're a joke Lance okay but he's like trying to get Marshawn to let him use his bathroom Marshawn's like hard no absolutely not Ariel realizes that she got Lance confused with neil armstrong and she gets like all worried she's like oh my god i was so worried i was gonna say something stupid and portia gives her the best advice portia could give anyone she says don't take yourself too seriously and if that isn't the truth when it comes to someone like portia who didn't know what the underground railroad was she's like trust me it works in your favor okay embrace it this is not acting this is reality tv whole different ball game they get this mission and it's this dust storm is coming and it's about to knock out the communication tower. And Tallulah is the mission specialist. She is safe from extraction. I'm telling you, that had to be like a producer going, okay, we got, we just got footage of Tallulah talking about like some tough times she's been through. So I don't even want to put her in the ring for being eliminated. We need to see her again. So this was smart. But now she's like, Marshawn's right hand, right hand woman, and he gives her this like pep talk, which is just like make us both look good. <laughs> and then Marshawn, as Lance's is <laughs> Lance's walking, walking around, he goes, "Hey, Louis Armstrong, I got your back, boy." <laughs> but the dust storm is so crazy, it is nuts, and they're in full. <laughs> in- full gear and then short you hear Schwartz go i got an antenna it is madness though and marshawn goes who is this identify yourself gangsta <laughs> this is but portia she's fucking leading it portia is on it and they get the first antenna up and then of, at one point of course schwartz isn't responding to the radio and and to getting all mad like schwartz are you there or tom they're calling him tom Tom, are you there? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here. And they're like, psst, man. Anyth- anytime Schwartz obviously does something bad, we're going to love it, right? So they have to do this thing where they clip the two like carabiners together. And it's really hard, uh, but they get it with seven seconds to spare. And honestly, Schwartz is one of the people that does it. Um, Tallulah gives she's – so- she's so sweet. Tallulah's like, you guys – are doing you guys did so great. Way to come together under stressful situations. And they're all like, Yeah, that <laughs> made them feel really good. So then Shatner teleconferences in or whatever they call it and says that it's time to vote on which three people were the least mission critical. Rashawn's like, damn. So they go through it, and they're like, Portia was engaged, Ariel was mission critical. But Tom, he wasn't responding back, you know, so they note that. And so Marshawn calls in. This is how he goes, it was right on, right on. But now we get to the hard part. And Lance is coming off like a dick to me. Like, he's like, "Who was mission critical besides myself? <laughs> it's a cocky, little fucker. So mission criticals, Portia, Rhonda, Ariel, and when she comes in, which Marshawn has all this commentary when they're coming in. She comes in and they're all covered in like the red sand stuff that they were just in. And he goes, you look like a little Oompa Loompa. And then Nat- <laughs> Natasha Laguero falls. And he's, <laughs> Marshawn goes, you're not looking too mission critical anymore. And she goes, you want to change your mind? <laughs> Lance, he goes... <laughs> Whoa, you got a tan out there, huh? <laughs> but then he sees Richard Sherman, who's still like in the holding area. And he goes, pick that long ass head up, boy. You're in, you're mission critical. And Mar- Richard's all happy, He's so excited. So the the ones who are <laughs> not mission critical are Chris Schwartz and Adam. And Chris goes, yay, the three frail white men. <laughs> So they do this deliberation, and the uh, the bottom three, or the yeah, whatever, the bottom three have to plead why they were mission critical. They stand in that like on the holding areas, and they talk through the, the the gas, the the gas through the glass. And Chris is Chris goes, I did everyone a favor by staying out of the way. <laughs> and then Adam goes. Okay, so I'm the hottest guy here, and I think that's very critical in a mission. <laughs> Natasha, though, she, Natasha admits that they were. She goes, "We were both just trying to pretend to help." So Adam can't. She's like, "If I'm, I'm not mission critical. I don't even know why I'm here." But then Schwartz, he goes, "For one moment, I had superhuman strength, you know, and I lifted up the tower." Portia pleads for. She goes, "No, he was absolutely." He was critical. So Schwartz is the first one let back in, and his soundbite is so him. He's like, I'm the best of the worst. So that's something. He loves being considered mediocre because he likes to stay at a mediocre level of expectations. The one who's not mission critical ends up being Chris McLovin. And I'm sad. I didn't want to lose someone already, but the the way they the way they get them out of there though whoever gets voted off goes and stands on like a sand dune with one of those like flame things to say like here I am come get me this the commitment to this set it, I would I, I a billion dollars had to have been spent on this show it's crazy Marshawn and Richard talk though and Marshawn's like when you got a commander and your commander is commanding you. If only y'all just stop talking and listen. And then Richard's so mad. Like, he's genuinely mad. He goes, no, if y'all stop talking. It's like when you was telling Pete, Pete Carroll, who was the coach. You was like, hey, if you just go weak, we can score a touchdown. And he's like, run strong to the overlap. None of this made sense to me at all. But I love that they're referencing their time in football and applying it to this shit. (laughs) <laughs> and Marshawn goes, "I'm the commander." And Richard's pissed as they like they're pulling out, and they do this as like a voiceover. And Richard's like, "The difference between you and me, I'm standing in a windstorm." And then it like fades out as they keep chatting. <laughs> just. It's so fucking ridiculous. I was crying, laughing. Like Richard is referencing when they won in football games to how Marshawn should be handling this show. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so fucking good. So clearly I'm loving it. I hope you guys are too. But okay, enough of me laughing at my own self. Let's get into Love Island. So this is my first full season watching from the beginning. So I, this, they're mixing up the way they do the initial meet and greets thing. Uh, and I, I kind of, knowing now what it used to be, which is either all the women come in at once and get to know each other and then they bring in the guys one by one or vice versa, or they do it with the guys and the girls. I think I like it where they're coming in and mixing and meeting and getting a chance to kind of chat with each other. I like that, actually. I think that's... For, and they still do kind of mix it up a bit. Um, but also, I don't love... This has happened, I guess, before. I don't love that the public gets to vote on who they would be paired up with right away. I kind of would have liked to watch a little bit of that naturally go down. Um, but I don't hate it. Whatever. Whatever. And everyone has their own like little bit showing what they're about when they get introduced. So, like if they're if it's if it's showing like Tyreek, he's I don't remember what he was doing, working out. I don't know. But everyone has like their own vignette. Molly was um, she was clearly doing some sort of musical theater thing, and so I am like, okay, Molly's about that. And so they all looked really cute. It has a very cute energy. And the first to arrive are Ruchi and Jess. Jess is from London, and she's got those lashes, like those major heavy lash lash extensions, and she's a little trashy, and I love her. I'm I'm always going to gravitate towards the trashy one. It's a it's a toxic trait of mine. The blonde kind of trashy chick is my vibe. Ruchi is a beautician from Surrey. She's very traditional. She won't approach a guy. Next, we meet Mitchell, who's from Sheffield. And I'm saying where they're all from because the accent, these things very much matter in the UK, where you're from and whatnot. Like when he comes in and he meets Jess and Ruchi, Ruchi says, We're both Southerners. And so it's a, th- a thing. You're going to hear it referenced a lot. He is a gas engineer and lives with his parents. And he thrives on being a gentleman and says the quote, Nice guys finish last. That always. That always puts the hairs on the back of my neck up a bit. I'm like, any guy that's a self-proclaimed nice guy is usually toxic. So, noted. Then we meet Andre, who is a business owner from Dudley. Portuguese is his first language, and he loves the butt. That's his favorite. And then he says, quote, My wandering eye is probably going to get me in trouble. So, noted. Jess says... West Midland boys, and we've got some Southern girls. See, it's a thing. And I'm going to be butchering accents, so I hope no one is offended by that. Um, but it's very much, any of my UK listeners listening right now are like, yup, it is absolutely a thing. Then we meet Ella, stunning, my God. And she's 23. I don't think we get any career info from her. And... Dre, okay, real quick, too. Dre, he goes, I think I like the most about a girl is her personality. And I'm like, what a player thing to say. That's just bullshit. But then the host, Maya, arrives. God, just stunning. Like, truly stunning. And she goes, you've been having a flirt already. And Mitchell says he's looking to get married. And they're like, okay. And then Jess says she likes a pretty boy. I want to note that. She says she likes a pretty boy. Because then she ends up getting coupled with one but doesn't seem to like him because they bring in new people, right, one by one like they would have if it was a member of the opposite sex. So the first person they bring in is George, who is a business owner from Bedford, and he's a pretty boy. And that's who the public chose for Jess, but you can tell right away she's like, "Mm, not interested. So then they bring two girls out at the same time Molly, who is our musical theater girl from Doncaster, and also Catherine, who is 22 from Dublin. Now you see, Catherine is black, Molly is white. The two contestants or islanders, sorry, that are left is a black guy and a white guy. And for some reason, they do this really long, drawn-out, suspenseful thing where it's like, who did the public pick? I have no idea. And I'm like, we're watching them. They're like, we fucking know. If the public picked, they obviously paired up the two black people. And sure enough, they did. So Molly gets Mitchell and Catherine gets Andre. So now it's time to pair up Ella and Ruchi and we meet Medi, 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 from France, who says girls fall for me very easily. And Tyreek, who is a soccer player from Essex, and he is the bad boy, the player. He's never had a girlfriend because he gets bored and he has a lightning bolt tattoo behind one ear, uh, because he's deaf in the other. So Mehdi gets Ruchi and she's like, okay, like visibly not happy. And Ella goes to Tyreek, uh, do you not remember we met before? And he's like, what? So we're off to a great start with those two. So this is going to be eight weeks. And then the public picks one couple to be the winners of Love Island. Okay. So now they go and they mingle. And I always just love the way the girls connect on the guys too, but especially the girls compared to like The Bachelor where they're all in competition and it just gets very catty. I feel like on Love Island, they're so supportive of each other, and they love each other, and it's such a nice thing to see. Molly and Mitchell are both buzzing over their pair-up, and Ruchi admits Mitty is, like, not her type. Jess is like, I am not interested in George. I like a bad boy. I'm like, that's a little different than pretty boy, just gotta tell you. So she's like, I like Mitchell and Tyreek. So the guys then go mingle with the girls, and... Molly and Tyreek actually have matching lightning bolt, uh, tattoos, but then they check out the beds. Molly and Mitchell have an adorable little bed bit where they're holding hands and she pretends to snore and they laugh. And so I'm like, I like you guys. You seem like really instantly cute, but I'm not used to this show yet. And I forget that like, this is the beginning and I guess so much changes. So like, doesn't really matter, but they are very cute. George and Jess talk, and she's just so – it reads all over her face. She's just like, ugh, God, get him away from me. Catherine and Andre, though, they have good chemistry. They she's He's her type. Tyreek and Ella do talk, and it turns out she had blonde hair when she met him. So I will give him that because I remember I started at a job. The first day I had a training, I was blonde. The next day I came back, I was a brunette. And I was reintroducing myself to people I'd literally met the day before. So it's a thing. It's a thing. Medi and Ruchi chat. Medi works for a railroad or railway company, which is going to, there's going to be a lot of railway jokes throughout this, a lot. And she goes, Ruchi says in her confessional, he's growing on me. Oh, okay. Okay. Molly and Mitchell talk. Now, I don't know if this was meant to be shade. But the announcer says that Molly has booked a huge role playing the second biggest city in South Yorkshire. I don't know if that was a diss, because usually the announcer guy says shady stuff. But Molly and Mitchell talk. They live 20 minutes from each other. He says his girl, his type of girl is a girl named Molly. So she's just like, "Ooh, I like someone who's cheeky. And then that just seems to work. They both like to work out too a little bit. And that's always good, I guess. So they get ready and are there outdoor showers? Is that what was happening? And they make them do this like drinking and dancing thing. Like they clearly production's like, okay, we just needed a, we need shots of you guys dancing and having fun. And then they're like, okay, now go talk. Tyreek talks to Catherine. And asks, like, oh, how do you like your coupling? And she's like, I like Andre. Yeah, I like him. So what does Tyreek do right away? He starts flirting with her. for Compliments her accent. She tells him that you look like a guy that would ruin my life. He goes, why does everyone say that? <laughs> Medi and Ella chat. And he says his type is dark hair, dark eyes. And she's like, oh, well, who would you have picked uh, if you had the choice? He says either... Her, or Ruchi. Well, that's good. It's Ruchi made... Ruchi pass the test. And Ella says that Tyreek is her type because he looks like her ex. And then also says that Mehdi sounds like her ex. And she brings up her ex quite a bit. So, noted. They play alcohol-free beer pong. It's interesting how different the show is now that there's no alcohol. Right? It's so much more controlled, but it was... A lot of shows, like The Challenge, ended up doing that where they had to limit their alcohol intake because it just became such a liability to let people get so freaking trashed. But they get these funny dares and things that they have to do, like kissing the one you fancy, or um, or one of them has to like ride someone like a horse. <laughs> it, it it was cute. It was funny. The host, though, Maya comes in and they're all shocked. They're like, "Oh my god, she's here." And she gives this great little speech. She's like, sometimes in love, you have to follow your heart and take a risk. Ask yourself this. Are you happy or could you be happier? Well, I have the ultimate dare for you. Girls, if you don't feel you're with the right person, I dare you to step forward now. Ooh, love it. So Jess and Ruchi, they step forward. And they just both say, like, the chemistry's not there. Meddy's like, uh, yeah, same. But then they welcome Zachariah. So he's got all these tattoos. So I'm like, okay, Jess is going to like him. And in 24 hours, he will be able to steal any of the girls, leaving one guy vulnerable. So episode two, Zach's talking to all the girls. He's from Southeast London. All the girls like him. All of them. And this is the bombshell. This is what Kendrick taught me. Like, they always bring in a bombshell. Right when you think you're doing great, they're like, you thought they were attractive. Here we go. And according to Kendrick, this is one of the most attractive initial casts that he's seen, which is good. Mitchell pulls a move that is so good. He brings Molly his coat. Doesn't want to sit with her. just, Just he knew she was cold. Zach's top three are Ruchi, Ella, and Catherine. So he likes, he likes them with a little bit of flavor. He doesn't like any of the white girls. Love it. I don't know why I love it. I just do. Wasn't expecting it. And according to Kendrick, a lot of the time the black girls are like first voted off. So we're rooting for the black girls for sure. And Ruchi, yes. They all get into bed to go to sleep. Molly and Mitchell are super cute, but I, this is the part I could never handle. I hate sleeping next to someone. Hate it. I can't get comfortable. I can't spread out. This alone would just, I'm out. The next morning, Tyreek says he didn't sleep well because Ella, Ella's like, but you snore. And he's like, she won't sit still. I'm like, yeah, that would be me. I'd be losing my mind. I love the people that had to throw sunglasses on because they turned the lights up on them. Like, they have no choice. They wake up at that time. They turn all the fucking lights on. And so, like, I think Ruchi has sunglasses on. Everyone's like, Molly and Mitch, we heard you snugging all night. Catherine was not super excited about sleeping with Andre. She doesn't seem super pumped about that. So, Zach pulls Molly to talk. And Mitch and Tyreek, they say something that I, wanna, I want translated they say, like, he's got his game face on. That's 10 out of 10 riz. Please weigh in, UK listeners. Molly says, Molly's like, Zach just isn't cheeky enough. And I agree, because he's quite serious and a little boring. Zach pulls Catherine to talk. She's actually never been in a full-blown relationship. He says he is gravitating towards her. And, mm-hmm, he sure is. Molly gets a text it's time to find out each other's secret stories in today's challenge. For some reason, Mitchell isn't super excited. So that says something. The Wary Tales Castle. That's really hysterical. It, like, um, it looks like when you go miniature golfing. It looks like one of those like things you would just put the... You know what I mean? But they have to slide on a slip and slide, grab a key, and unlock a secret. Which is visually just so entertaining. This was cute, too, because they pick out these secrets and they have to go kiss the girl or kiss the guy that they think it pairs up with. And it's brilliant because it it says like, OK, this, for example, the first one, this girl went through her ex's phone when, she, when he was sleeping. So whoever he goes and kisses means like, I think you would do this. And then they they find out who it really is. So it was this was very, very cute. The one that really stood out, though, is that Mitchell, it was, the, it was, Mitchell was seeing three girls at the same time. And Molly does not like this. Oh, no, no, not at all. And then also Tyreek's is, this person stopped counting after a hundred and like a hundred girls, a hundred hookups. And she kisses Molly kisses Tyreek, by the way, just to piss off Mitchell because of that whole three chicks at the same time thing. So well done, Molly. Well done. But of course it was Tyreek. Like, of course. And he's like, uh, I've been single my whole life. Pulling and shagging is all I know. Douche. What a douche. So they debrief and they're all getting ready and Molly's like, yeah, no, I do not like the three girlfriends secret. And, it, and he also said it was like, this was seven months ago, as if that was supposed to be a long time ago. <laughs> so that's not, okay? But then Mitchell does explain it to Molly that it's like not as bad as she thinks. And she seems to be like, okay, I guess. Zach talks to Catherine and they, Andre is watching. Andre is like, I'm thinking about going over there. And sure enough, he does. He goes and steals Catherine back. And Catherine's bum. She wanted to explore her connection with, with Zach. And she goes, Andre's not going to like it. No, he's not. Zach talks to Ella, and there just doesn't seem to be much chemistry. Then he talks to Rucci, and there seems to be chemistry. And I'm like, okay, like maybe this could work. And then he gets, the text comes in, it's time for you to pick. They line everyone up. And he picks Catherine. Yes. Yes. This show is so cute. I'm so... So I feel like until it gets into the next couple weeks, you don't really have a lot to commentate on, you know, because you're just getting to know all of them. But I fucking love this show. I'm so excited to see how this unfolds. I... The drama gets good. Kendrick has also suggested I watch season four, I think. But if you guys have any favorite Love Island seasons, let me know. Also, I think I am going to check out the U.S. one just because it's time. Like, I want to give it a – I want to try and see if it's good because I know that a lot of people are into that one too. And I kind of – I like being a part of these, like, social – moments with TV, you know, like when we're all watching White Lotus, or we're all watching Succession, or we're all watching Love Island. Like, I love it. It's like a little community for TV watchers. And let's face it, I don't read. You know, all I have is TV. But anyway, guys, love you, mean it, and stay on the lookout for rewatch of Succession and Yellow Jackets episode two, dropping later this week. Okay. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to She Speaks It All, a podcast from the creator and host of She Speaks Bravo in partnership with Cloud 10 Media. Make sure you are following She Speaks It All pod on Instagram and TikTok. And of course, make sure you are subscribed or following this podcast. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. And if you want to support me, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five.